Hey, everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and if it's your first time hanging out with us, it's kind of a good week for it to be your first time because we we're mixing things up a little bit around here. All right, so last week, the Holland family, my family, we had a little bit of a surprise. Well, a nine months in waiting surprise, if you can still call it that. We welcomed our third little nugget into the world. And the whole time this little guy was growing, I just kept praying about how in the world am I going to juggle three kids, which feels decidedly different than two, right? Like the first and second, you all can kind of do like the the one-on-one approach. But with three, you can't do that anymore. Okay, so I'm I'm just thinking through, okay, we have so much going on already. How are we going to add a third? But I also know without a doubt that we need this little guy in our family. So as I was praying through it and trying to figure out how do I how do I juggle the kids and continue contract work and this ministry that I've grown to love so much, And outside of, you know, just losing my ever loving mind, trying to force it all to work together, I decided I'd rather take a minute. I really want to lean into this new season. And I've spent a lot of past seasons similar to this, just trying to get through instead of actually enjoying it, right? Like I'm just trying to make it. I want to change my attitude from just trying to make it and instead make the best of it and figure out what am I learning right now? What is... What's really good and what do I need to work on? And so, but to do that, I knew some things had to come off the plate a little bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to hand off no one told me to some trusted friends. So I'd like to welcome you to Good to Know with Sam Hicks and Caitlin McCall. This is going to be a little mini series where they're going to cover these topics that are just plain good to know as you navigate the expected and unexpected of your everyday. And I know with out question. You are better for listening. And I can't wait to be back with you on the other side. But for now, I'm sure there's a kid screaming somewhere that I've got to get to. So here are Sam and Caitlin with What's Good to Know. Okay, so tell me about your trip to Suntan City yesterday. This was going to be a highlight of my week but honestly i think it's low because it's the best week of the year it's the best week of the year we heard about this in small group that it is free tan week at suntan free city spray tan week at suntan city this week. so i planned out my whole weekend <laughs> i was looking forward to this day i talked to my husband we like made a whole plan he was gonna go to the grocery store he dropped me off i literally was in all my tanning clothes i walked in i was trying to be so confident like i was like oh yeah i've been here before i'm just here for the free tans you know just saving some money all the time i'm yeah i'm a long time member but i'm here for a free tan <laughs> That makes sense. So I walk in and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm here for free tan. And they're like, all right, where's your license? And I was like, well. And Jonathan dropped you off. He did. So you're alone at Suntan City with no car and no license. Yeah. And I did not know no license equals no tan. And it does. And so I marched myself over to Kroger and I went straight to the cosmetic aisle. I looked at the three options for tanning and I, I picked them. And, and now I'm glowing. So you are glowing. You, you look know, good. I spent like eight bucks, which was more than I wanted to, but here we are listen eight bucks is a little more than a free spray tan but this is why we carry our driver's license with us everywhere this is true you know i'm just i'm used to being the passenger princess (laughs) jonathan drives everywhere so i don't really worry about that but i've learned now i've lesson learned let's just say that good good to know well hey we're so excited to be here we're so excited to be on no one told me if you have no idea who's talking to you right now my name is caitlin and i'm sam and we are just 
excited to jump into a conversation today on No One Told Me. And outside of two episodes Mm -hmm. in this entire show, I think we have been only faithful listeners of No One Told Me. Yeah, since 2018, episode one, season one. And just getting to sit in on conversations that are happening from people who are just a, a step ahead of us. That's been transformative. I think I can speak for both of us. Oh, absolutely. Just through whatever present season we're walking in and then what seasons are coming up. And oh, yeah. I think for me, season one dropped in 2018. That was the year Christian and I got married. And so for me, every single episode that dropped was immediately relevant for some reason. Like whether it was about how to decorate your home, how to shop for groceries, what do I do in marriage? Like, how do I navigate those seasons? And so for me, it's prepared me for some of the most critical seasons and the sweetest seasons, but also, you know, some of the hardest seasons Mm. too. And, um, I think for both of us, like we have just enjoyed how it's transformed us because here's the truth. I think no matter what age or whatever stage of Mm. life you're in at some point, life is inevitably going to smack you in the face. Yeah. And, There's just no way around it. And I think we fall into learning curves and rhythms of life where maybe things just aren't going the way we thought they were going to, or maybe we don't feel prepared for that. And when those things come and those points of growth come, it can feel like we have been absolutely knocked off our feet at times or, you know, at the very least thrown off balance. And so today I think a lot of what we want to talk about is, How do we gain that balance back when nothing in our life, nothing surrounding us is giving us a reason to feel that way? Mm -hmm. How do we find stability in what we're walking through? I know part of the answer of that question comes from spaces like this one, catching a glimpse of what someone else has walked through so we can either follow what they modeled or forge a different path, but not ironically, a lot of the imbalance that we feel in those seasons of life, I think can sometimes come from the ground that we're walking on. Yes, absolutely. And it's like, you know, you start to feel so shaky, but then you realize like, oh, where even am I? Yeah. Yeah. Like, where are my feet? Mm -hmm. Like, where am I walking? Even if I know, man, I saw this coming, but I just didn't know that it was going to be this way. But why do I feel so uncoordinated, you know? And for me, I have the tendency of treating the symptom of it without trying to seek a diagnosis for it Mm. you know I'm a like put a band-aid on that thing or like let's just give a quick repair to what's going Mm -hmm. on so I can fix my present problem and then another fire is starting up somewhere else you know I think all of us have the tendency of one nail at a time making repairs to the floorboards of wherever our feet are standing without actually looking underneath on what we're building on yeah. And so today it's just, we, we've really just been thinking about like what's topics that, you know, we're all working through, we're all walking through no matter what age, no matter what stage. And we've kind of come to this conclusion just today and where we want to start is just how important your foundation is and how important your foundation being rooted in your faith is. Mm-hmm. And so as we start this conversation, we've got stories, we've got truth, and we just are praying that it's impactful for you. And so as we dive in today, we just really want to start on the right foot. We want to make sure we all know what we're talking about when we say foundation and help us identify what your foundation maybe is. So what would you say we're talking about when we say foundation? Yeah. I mean, it's a commonly used word, 
especially in like the Christian culture and a lot of things like that. But we think about foundation when it comes to like houses, you know, but what is the foundation of your life? I think one of the best ways to identify what that is comes from figuring out exactly what it is that you are counting on to make you feel grounded, to keep you feeling a sense of balance, or what causes you to feel off balance when it's not delivering for you. And whatever or whoever those things are, that's your foundation. I know for me, when I start to become fixated on one certain thing and the outcome of that thing, I am probably beginning to depend on that thing to stabilize me. For me, it's like, maybe it's an answer to a question that I just don't have yet. Mm -hmm. Or oftentimes it's approval from others. I am a maybe semi-proud Enneagram three. (laughs) (laughs) I will admit that my fellow three is like, I'm with you. Okay. I stand (laughs) with you. But a lot of times it's approval from other people and affirmation from other people having a feeling of success or another way to put that is just a relief that I didn't fail. Maybe it's having peace with someone. And when that one thing that I'm fixated on is consuming my thought life, motivating my choices, it is an indicator to me that I'm counting on it to inform my mood, determine my anxiety level. Sometimes I'm counting on it to give me the contentment that I need. And over time, I start to rely on it so much that that is what I am standing upon. Yeah. And that's what I would say too. When it comes to trying to identify what your foundation is, I think it can kind of get a little sneaky at times because, you know, you know that you want to build your life on something that is like immovable, something Mm -hmm. that is strong, something that is constant. But for me, what I often have found in my life is that I don't even realize I've built something until it's too late. Like I've built on something until it's too late. And I was just like reflecting about this and thinking like, how does this happen? And it's because it becomes part of our daily routines and it becomes habits and thought patterns. And like you were saying, fixations become so normal Mm -hmm. until one day it inevitably crumbles. And when it crumbles, it's abundantly clear that your foundation is not on something that is immovable, strong, constant. And so I would just say, as we're talking through this, as you examine your life and think about what your foundation is, another way to think about this or ask yourself is, what are you building your life on? Are you being wise where you're laying a foundation? Is it in something that's going to move? Is it in something like you were saying, approval or a raise or something that is outside of your control? Like, is that what you're building on or are you building on something that is constant? Right. And I think it's it's not a question that we ask ourselves very often because when those foundations start to build on themselves, it's a lot of times just because you've been living there for so long. Mm-hmm. If you're consumed in a certain relationship that's hard or you're consumed in your work life or maybe it is something that just takes up a lot of your time and your thought life and your energy I don't know that any of us necessarily start with this mentality of I'm going to build a foundation on this because I know know. it's going to deliver for me. (laughs) I think it just becomes somewhere that we live and then we inevitably start to build up our hope Mm -hmm. and our ambitions and our dreams and all of our expectations start to build upon the thing that we are always consumed Mm in. And the reality of it is what I think as followers of Jesus, we want to do is we want to build a foundation on faith. And we're going to talk about how that is often misplaced. 
But for you, what was it like for you to start building your foundation on your faith in Jesus? Yeah. So for me, I know building a foundation on faith was a little rocky because I wasn't raised in a home or in an environment where Jesus was the focus. Now, how I was raised was incredibly respectful and incredibly caring and compassionate, but it wasn't because of Jesus or because of the cross. And so what I did is I built foundations and tried to do things that looked good Mm -hmm. because like respect was held in high regard. Compassion was held in high regard. But I just realized that through my life, like as I was growing up, that this was based on me, like my foundation and what I was building my life on was, was on me and my performance and my actions. And, you know, if I mess up or if I get tired, I realized very quickly that I didn't have enough to hold the weight right. of that. And so then started this this new thought pattern in my life. When I realized I wasn't enough, I became consumed or fixated on what other people thought of me or gaining their approval or status when it came to what I looked like, what I did, what I said. And before I knew it, my foundation shifted from being on what I could do mm-hmm. And was set in what my peers expected of me or what my parents expected of me or what my teachers or coaches or just culture expected of me. And shock to no one but me, that also couldn't hold the weight of my foundation. And so in my life, it became this vicious cycle of doing it by myself, failing, looking to peers and culture, failing over and over and over again. And one day I got to this low place and had this thought that, there had to be more. Yeah. There had to be a more solid foundation to this life than what I was trying to do. And at that moment, I realized in order for me to seek more, I needed to change my surroundings. So I started with my friends because for me, in order to change things, those were the people who were directly correlated with me. So I started with my friends and quite honestly, I didn't know what I was looking for, but I knew it was different. And so I found friends that weren't caught up in the world. I had friends who were pursuing something different than Mm -hmm. what I had always done. And that difference was Jesus. And so honestly, for me, building a life with a foundation in faith, like I was at this like desperation for more. I was at this desperation for finding a more solid foundation because time and time again, I just kept getting knocked down. And so this led me to attending a local church and each and every week I heard truth speaking into the less I was settling for and offering the more that I was searching for. And I realized and came to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior and how the truths of his word are firm and are true. And when I experienced his sovereignty and his immovable character and nature is solid is solid. It's so solid. And this was the thing that I was meant for. I was designed to give my foundation and actually hold the weight of my foundation. So for me, what that looked like is setting a foundation in faith. It took surrendering expectations from myself and from the world and picking up the truth and the firmness Mm -hmm. that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And that is the thing that will never move, never change, never let me down. And that was what I was like so desperate for. And so that's been my foundation, you know, since I was in college when I came into a relationship with Jesus. I feel like your story is 
so sweet because you had it almost right. Like growing up, going, being in the household that you were in where it's about respect, it's about morals, it's about choosing the right thing. But when you consistently realize, man, I fail at that. And then, oh, other people are failing me too. Mm. Like you were searching for the more that God had for you. And you didn't even know that that was him. Mm -hmm. And that's just evidence of like God leading you to him and God drawing you to him, which is so sweet and so powerful in a way, because when you finally found what you were looking for, it was undeniable. And it was like, I I have this need. I know that this is what I need to do. This is absolutely undeniable for me. My story is a little bit different. And the closer and closer that we've become in our Mm -hmm. friendship, we've had conversation about this. Because I think to some level, both of us have had a little bit of insecurity as to how we came to know Jesus, which is a weird thing to be insecure about, but it's real because, because for you, it was like, man, I wish I would have known Jesus so much. Yeah. Like I feel like I missed out on learning more about him and I missed out on, on children's church. Yes. And like when I became a Christian, like I was like, I don't even know the story of David and Goliath, which is cool. But then I'm like seeing these six-year-olds at church and they're like they could run laps around me and I was like so insecure (laughs) they're telling the story to you of David and And I was like oh that's so interesting yeah and for me every environment I was raised in was designed to lead me to the Lord I mean seriously I'm not exaggerating like I grew up in a Christian home I grew up in church I grew up in a Christian school I mean my high school part-time job was at the Christian bookstore. (laughs) Like there's just quite literally no other way to put it. And that is something that I know so many people wish for and so many people wish they had. And I was so blessed to have that. I actually can't attribute that provision to anyone other than the Lord Mm -hmm. that he gave that to me and he provided me with those things. And I mean, every family member, friend, the teachers and leaders that I had They love the Lord so much, and I knew enough as a really young girl what it meant to trust Jesus. There isn't a time in my memory when I don't remember learning about Jesus. And so for me, building a foundation of faith, a lot of that was just thrown at me in so many intentional ways so young that once I started to gain the life experience that came with that understanding and grew that understanding, I began to realize should I have had this divine romantic rescue story Mm. that I looked right and left and my friends had these testimonies of, oh, I was literally knocking on death's door and God snatched me out of it and brought me to him. And I felt like, no, I've always had this really sweet and biblical church environment that I've been around. It became really hard for me when we talk about God's faithfulness and I'm talking like into high school and a little bit into college there were these feelings of, is my story enough? Is my story of building a faith enough? Does it mean as much? And even becoming such close friends with you and sharing our stories Mm -hmm. with one another, for me, I began to realize that God's faithfulness in my life is no different than his faithfulness Mm -hmm. in yours and vice versa. I think you realize that too. But his faithfulness in my life was, Caitlin, what would your life have looked like if you didn't have me all along, and obviously I didn't, there was a time when I realized I'm going to need God and I'm going to need him personally. 
but there's not a time when I don't remember being in church and knowing about Jesus. And I think realizing that that is what his faithfulness looks like in my life was he saved me from so much because he placed me exactly where he meant to. And so for me, it's been a gradual building brick by brick for me on Mm. that foundation. And it's looked like season after season of the faith that came for me as a child being reshaped over and over again by God proving himself Mm. and what I've witnessed him do. And I'm so grateful for the sheer context I have for my faith. And I've watched friends be raised in the same environment and walk away from it. But I think my journey has been a process of not sitting in that knowledge and getting cozy there because God has a way of keeping us on our toes if we let him. Mm -hmm. And I often pray now in my twenties for a fresh set of eyes on his word and his character, because Mm -hmm. I know my foundation doesn't need to become something that I'm just okay with like sitting there on the floor. Like I really do want to build on it. And one thing that sticks out in my mind in the most recent months of how God has helped me continue to stand on that foundation is he's reminded me to grab hold of the things that are eternal Mm -hmm. and have eternal value and let go of the things that don't. Because I think, you know, Hebrews 11, one, that verse of, Faith is the substance of things that are hoped for, the evidence of the things that are not seen. In my 20s, which I think we have established so far is when we're just figuring life out. You know, we're just (laughs) figuring out what are we doing. I think learning to build a foundation on your faith, it is an absolute fixation, a hyper fixation on the things that God is going to do that testify to who he is. And if it lacks eternal value, then it's not worth building on. Mm. Yeah. And I I just hope everyone's hearing just how key knowing that your foundation is in faith is because it's solid and because it doesn't move. Yes. Faith in Jesus, not just faith in anything, but faith in Jesus Christ. And the thing is, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have the right foundation. And like you were talking about, Kate, we are called to build on that foundation But oftentimes we take what we're building and then that becomes like a secondary Mm -hmm. foundation. If you think about it in this way, like I remember when I was like in middle school and I had a home that was warm and my parents stocked it with all the groceries that I loved and there was just so much provision there. Yet all I wanted to do, this is so weird, but all I wanted to do was just sleep in the backyard in a tent, <laughs> you know? And it was just like, I remember having With friends. the entire Girl Scout troop. Yes. Was a Girl Scout, proud Girl Scout. <laughs> Love Girl Scout cookies. So I remember inviting friends over and my mom was like, oh, we can like, you know, make the basement all cool. And I was like, no, we want to sleep in tents. We want to sleep on the grass. We want to sleep on the grass outside. <laughs> and so we pitched a tent and we were like getting ready to like move all of our like pillows and blankets and snacks and everything out of the home into this tent in the backyard. (laughs) And I lived in Nebraska. A gust of wind comes out of nowhere always because it's just flat. And I remember just seeing this tent crumple up and go away. It's like the house in the Wizard of Oz. It's just in the sky. Excuse me. That was where we were going to sleep tonight. And I think if we aren't careful, like we can have the right foundation. Like we can have everything that God has provided for us 
yet we want something else. We were trying to sleep in the backyard. Yeah. And so as we kind of like turn and like think about this, what are the realities that you have experienced when it comes to misplacing your foundation on things other than a faith in Jesus? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, the reality that I'm still trying to learn, aka have not fully learned it, may never learn it, is that whatever non-Jesus thing that I'm counting on to provide me with that isn't designed to serve me in that way. Mm. And because of that, it won't. And I think it's correct. (laughs) And I think it's tricky because here's the thing. Those things are inconsistent. If they were consistently failing me, I would be very dumb to continue to rely on them. Mm. You know, if you had pitched that tent in your backyard and all of your friends stayed out there for a night and the tent didn't blow away, then you have a reason to believe that it would work again. But if sometimes there was wind that blew it away, okay, it's inconsistent. Sometimes it might deliver, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes Mm. it's not stable enough. And I think because those things are inconsistent, it gives me an illusion that I can depend on them Mm. all the time, but that's not the case, you know? And so For me, as we have already said, I will say it again. I have most often misplaced my dependency on either approval from others or striving for success. Like Mm -hmm. I just want to achieve. I want to succeed. And I have essentially counted on those things to hold me up. And the thing that makes it hard to stop counting on those things all the time is that there are instances when... I do experience success Mm -hmm. or I do receive approval from someone that I was hoping would approve of me. And I think because those things possess the ability to deliver for me, sometimes it's easy to begin to count on them to deliver for me all the time, which just isn't possible no matter what it is. Yeah. And it's like what you were saying, that kind of coincidence where it's like we can make ourselves believe Mm -hmm. that the things that aren't firm can right occasionally work out for us and it will shake us I mean for me it's like I am counting on this thing to deliver for me and when it doesn't I am that's kind of the question what are the realities that you experience when you misplace it I will resent I will be angry I will be confused Mm. and I shouldn't be because the thing that I'm depending on does not have the infrastructure to hold me up. The person that I'm depending on, the thing that I'm depending on, that isn't the design. And so for me, the thing that I most frequently deal with if I am not counting on the things of God is I am going to either resent myself for even having that thought in the first place Mm -hmm. or having that expectation in the first place, or I'm going to resent somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair because Even if I sometimes experience it to work in my favor, whatever those non-Jesus things are for you, they're just guaranteed to fail. And the reason that they are is because we say it all the time. He is the only thing that never fails. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that reality is resentment, disappointment. I think for me, what I'm putting my like false foundation on so often in my life is expectations and the thing about expectations you don't realize you have them until you're let down Mm -hmm. so the reality for me is often discouragement and disappointment and guilt and shame and I hate this like I hate this part of me it's gross it's gross but that's where we are all of us 
And it creates just this distance from God. It creates this chasm that you have put there. And so I think for me, like when I realize that I'm settling for a tent in the backyard instead of the warm home that's been provided for me, I have to kind of get over a lot of pride and get over a lot of shame and guilt to then feel like I'm worthy enough to go back in the house, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely does. And that's why in my life, it's like, gosh, I've got to make sure that I'm rooted and I'm standing on the right thing is because I know for me that discouragement, disappointment, because of myself, creates so much distance from God. And it has taken a lot of my life realizing like, God's not far from me. I'm distancing myself from Mm -hmm. him. And so often I talk to my husband whenever I get into seasons like this and he always is just like, you just need to pick up the grace that's been offered to you. It's literally right there. And that's so hard for me to pick up grace. I will extend it to other people and I will gladly share that and be overflowing with grace for others. But I withhold grace from myself often, Mm. even though God is abundantly providing that for me. He's given it. He's freely given it. And I think, you know, we've talked about what does it mean to have a foundation? How do you know what your foundation is? Everybody has one. Everybody's standing on something to hold them up. And then what does it look like, you know, for me and you to have built foundation on faith? And I think we're always like two sides of the same coin. Like God has done the same thing for both of us. And we found it in two completely different ways. But it's incredible to see how he's brought us to him. But looking at this topic and talking about having a foundation of faith, I think talking about practically what that looks like is extremely important. Like if you maybe are listening and you are thinking, I want this for myself, but I just don't exactly know what that looks like. I think practically something that I have been kind of marinating on for a little bit is the heroes of the faith chapter Mm. in Hebrews chapter 11. And I love Hebrews 11 practically like for practical purposes. What does it mean to live out a foundation of faith, to live your life with faith as the house instead of the tent? And just reading through this chapter fires me up because basically if you haven't read it, it has all of these icons of the old Testament. And it talks about the faith that they had for God to work through them. And if you read through that chapter, the name of every person mentioned is followed by an action word associated with their faith. So you see statements like, it was by faith that Noah built. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed. It was by faith that Moses refused. Mm -hmm. It was by faith that Rahab gave. Like there's A million of them. I mean, you can just walk through and see the first statement. It was by faith that fill in the blank name, fill in the blank verb. Mm -hmm. And what we see here in this chapter that I think speaks to the practicality of living out your faith is it requires and is associated with action. Even Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God, you know, take that step, pick up grace must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Mm. And so to please God, we actually have to respond out of faith. In every circumstance that we face, our response has to be something that requires an action step. You actually can't please God without it. So practically living out a life with faith as your foundation, I think 
if that's you and you're like, okay, I want to do that. You have to evaluate how are you responding, you know, Mm -hmm. at work, in your relationships. This is the hard one on behalf of the things that are uncertain, on behalf Mm -hmm. of the things that are unforeseen, Mm -hmm. like wasn't expecting that. What is my response indicating? Mm -hmm. Am I responding out of faith? If so, can I put an action word on that? You know, take Abraham's name out, take his verb out. It was by faith that Caitlin, what? What are you doing that's responding out of faith? And if you evaluate that response and your tendencies and you come to realize that you are having a hard time figuring out what that is, practically, it means that we run it back Mm -hmm. and we take a good look at what we are actually standing on. Because it's like you said, you had a warm, cozy home, Mm -hmm. heated, full of provision, provision, you know, it's possible that you built your faith, that mm-hmm. it's accessible to you. It's possible that you admire it and you might even claim it. You might vocalize it and be like, oh yeah, I trust God in all circumstances. But it's also possible that you're not actually standing on it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between leaning on the principles of faith to stabilize you and maybe make you feel a little better and standing on them. We don't sing like the rock on which I lean up against. Like (laughs) we sing the rock on which I stand, right? The solid rock. And so the reality is if you're leaning on the principles of faith, this is hard to say because I know that this is where I find myself. Mm -hmm. If you are just leaning on it and it's just there for you, but you're not standing on it, it means that your feet are somewhere else. That's good. You know, that's good stuff. (laughs) It means that your feet are somewhere else, which means you got another foundation and faith is two feet, no hands. God is dependable in all circumstances. And Hebrews 11, six, we take it out of context so often because it, Oh, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Like not with like a new car or like a better boyfriend. Like he rewards you with, more of him it's more of his character and just as an encouragement when he gives you that when he gives you the access and unfolds another layer of who he is and his character to you what that does is when your knees feel shaky and you feel unstable and your arms are extended because you don't feel balanced on your foundation of faith but you are seeking god when you seek him and he rewards you with who he is it gives you the strength. Mm-hmm. The overflow of that is what takes your weak knees and your shaky legs and gives you the strength to stand and gives you the feeling of solidity that he actually is. And it's just a beautiful journey. Like it's it's beautiful to watch that unfold and God proving himself to you. If you just take, we say it, take the leap of faith. <laughs> if you just take that step of faith and you say, Lord, I'm standing two feet, no hands, like, ditch the tent in the backyard and okay I believe that making this my foundation is going to be the best option for me you're the best option for me actually you're the only option for me I think he rewards that faith with the strength to take steps that we don't feel like we can well and if you are looking at your life and you feel so confident in the things that you're standing on and you're not feeling that 
shakiness or that like I can't do this by myself, Mm -hmm. then that's probably an indicator that you've built the foundation you're standing on, not allowing God to build the foundation that you're standing Mm on. And we know that God is good and he is powerful and he is our provider and he is our strength and he is all of these things. But also there's a very real enemy that tries to make us think that there are shortcuts to obedience. And while we were just talking about this, it reminded me of Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. And it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams arose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. When the rains came down and the streams arose and the winds blew and beat against the house, it fell with a great crash. Mm. And the thing is, Jesus gives us a clear picture of two very different people and what they built their lives on, which is what we've been talking about. And so we see here that the first person in the story hears the teaching of Jesus and applies it. And the second one hears the teaching and does not apply it. So I would say that number one, in order to live out this foundation, we need to invest time. We need to read scripture. We need to pray through what God's word is telling us to. We need to seek and invite the presence of God in every decision that we make. Because so often how we get stuck in these cycles is we don't see that as something we have to do. Mm-hmm. We go through our daily routines. We just go through the things that we've built and we've created. And before you know it, we're in the tent. And so number one is invest time. Number two is inspect your foundation. Take some time and and inspect where you're at. Where are your feet here? Yeah. So going back to the question that we started with is, you know, what have you based your life on? Maybe you need to invite and allow the Holy Spirit to have complete access of your heart and soul, have this full surrender like you were talking about, two feet, no hands. And if you don't, if you realize that's not where I'm at, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where you're at and like where you're settling for less and focus on areas that need attention. And the third thing I would say is you just got to ensure maintenance. Like when we realize like, okay, we've invested time, we've inspected our foundation. We also need to continually check out where we are. It's not a one and done, okay, we're good. It's this continual faithfulness and this decision to remain and this determination to listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting and, you know, disregard the temptations of just coasting, like you were saying, of just just being there, you yeah, know, building, pilot. Yeah, yeah, building on this and seeking to do the will of God. And as we practically live in the foundation of Christ in our lives, we learn that we can trust God with the small stuff. And when we do this, we see that trusting God with the big stuff comes so much easier yeah, in good. our life. No, nah, man, that's good. Because here's the thing too. It's just like, also like I need, I need Cody Carnes to just close us out. <laughs> Singing, singing good. Firm foundation, Firm foundation, good. Just give all of it. But like, I think it is something to be said that a lot of us just don't think about this. Yeah. You know, it's like we take it as it comes and we don't know why stuff is coming at us and we're feeling like, gosh, why can't I get 
where I want to be? Why do I feel like I'm being knocked off my feet from every direction? Mm-hmm. Or like I'm getting the wind knocked out of me from every direction. And I think the idea of foundation, that's just not something that we think about, you know? And so if that's you, if you are at a point where maybe you just want to take a step of responding out of faith, like I love the invest time, just go to the word, start in Hebrews 11. Yeah. Read all of those action words. And maybe you're like, I don't know which verb I need to be looking for for my response. But, you know, that chapter gives you a lot of options. It does. And, it does. And it's it's good to investigate that. But maybe you go to Matthew 7 and you mm-hmm. start to invest in the words of Jesus. And you start to think about, man, what does this mean for me today? And, you know, the more that, like Hebrews eleven six says, the more that you seek him, the more of him that you get access mm-hmm. to. And so I think just this topic of what is your foundation, it's just not something that maybe we ask ourselves enough to understand what actually am I standing on and what does that mean for how I'm responding. So good talk, good words. Yeah, and, and we're so thankful to be here. And we're excited. Yeah, and so we hope this was encouraging and maybe challenging for some of y'all. Um, I know, like, just reflecting and thinking back to the habits that I have and you have, like, you know, it was honestly good for us just to think and be reminded about how good the foundation is in Jesus. Yes. And so it would not be an episode of no one told me it wouldn't without the last question that we all anticipate. Maybe some of you have just fast forwarded to hear what it is. Yeah. So buckle your seatbelt. If you're driving, it should already be buckled. But what Sam is one thing you are so glad that someone told you. So for me, my husband and I just got married in October. And so when we were making the registry and having all the showers and everything, everyone told us about air fryers like everyone was like you gotta have one and we were like okay we don't really understand the (laughs) hype but okay and so we got an air fryer and let me tell you like that thing changes our daily life oh my gosh it cuts dinner time in half half. at least i mean honestly i don't know what dinner time normally would be because we just use it every night we've never known it without it we've never known we make potatoes in there we've got an air fryer with like two baskets so like oh i love that we can be doing two things at once do chicken tenders and fries that's what we're having tonight so i love it yeah so kate what would be something that you are so glad someone told you about okay so last week christian and i christian is my husband he planned an ice cream taste test for us how stinking cute it was so fun we basically he bought six pints of ice cream and we got a bite of each just and had like a flight ranked them out of 10 and we just saw whose combined score made the best ice cream flavor but my favorite was a new flavor that i've never had before and it is ben and jerry's cannoli ice cream wait and tell when me i tell you this ice cream is so, oh my gosh, it's so good. So I'm not huge, like give me a ton of chocolate or give me like a ton yeah. of like richness in my, like I really, I like a strawberry or a mango or like a cotton mm. candy, but this is just like, okay, you told me this word. Cause I told you about yes, this. Yes. Uh, a mascarpone, mascarpone, which is essentially like it's an Italian, Italian cream cheese, cream cheese. It's, it's vanilla adjacent. Yes. It is almost it's like vanilla. A, it's like a but thick vanilla. It has a different type of like vibe to it. But anyway, it's vanilla ice cream, kind of. Kind of. With, it has these like chocolate covered cannoli shell pieces oh, in it. It sounds so good. Oh my gosh. You guys don't even know. Run. 
run to Kroger and get Ben and Jerry's cannoli ice cream. It was so good. And I only had one bite of it for the ice cream taste test. But you better believe last night I was eating out of the pint wow. because it was a delight. Well, I know what I need to do right now. So uh, I'm going to go to Kroger and get We're some ice cream. sprinting to Kroger. It's going to be a great time. But we loved being here with you guys today. And we'll see you next time.